Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we delve into the darkest recesses of the internet to find something interesting or even comprehensible. I'm Matt Heron. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. It's really going to go through the whole one, huh? Happy birthday, (laughs) dear I thought about singing along, but it wouldn't line up right. Happy birthday to you. I'm Louisa. It's my birthday. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> I Yay. sang that as slowly as possible because I thought it would be funnier that way. <laughs> <laughs> There's somebody listening to this who, at some point during that, was like, he's not going to do the whole fucking thing, is he? <laughs> yeah, it was me, and I said it out loud. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a, like that's, 45 second song. Come on. Yeah, that's, no, that's, 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 that's what listeners want out of podcasts is just like commiseration. The hosts <laughs> feeling the same bad that they feel. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> we, we all agree. We're all in agreement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so God this is, damn it. This is our 99th uh, episode of Hack the Net, our last one of oh, 2020, yeah. and our second to last before our format change. Yeah, everyone's so fucking horny for this ho- format change, y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meaning the three of us. <laughs> I mean, we are certainly, but everyone... I've I've been asked by at least three people what the new format is gonna be. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I, I have not answered them. Because we yeah. haven't decided yet. That's not true. <laughs> so. yeah. We can't build up too much, though. Nope. It's not gonna be good. <laughs> it's gonna be alright. <laughs> I'm That's trying to lower promise. expectations. It's gonna be worse. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's going to be the worst podcast you've ever heard in your life. Yep. I mean, when we format changed to the one we have now, everyone said it was worse, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that, I think that the, uh, the bizarreness of our new format will, will get people back on board. I think that's what they liked about the Reddits. Yeah, here's hoping. I mean, I don't know. I mean, part of it is we, while we have a plan for our new format, we don't have, like, we haven't done a trial run or anything, so. Nor should we. That's fine. Yeah, we should. Yeah. So I don't think we should either, but I just mean I don't know how it's going to go. Anyway, yeah, we should stop talking about it. Yeah. Uh, You guys have a good Christmas? Yeah, it was all right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was all right. Cool. Uh, Matt, I had a dream that you and I did a podcast before this. Uh, what? Ha! A- ah, screw you, Louisa. Damn it! On oh, my birthday! <laughs> for a long time, and Louisa was our number one fan, which is why we started uh, this podcast with her. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. <laughs> Sounds very insulting to me. <laughs> I mean, if you if you consider the two of us yelling at each other about obscure comic book ephemera at parties in college then as a podcast, which it kind of was... <laughs> Uh, then yeah, we did have a long-running podcast I mean, we, <laughs> The only reason we started this one is because we wanted to record a long road trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Well, exactly. we were bored. <laughs> that's that's why everybody starts a podcast. It's true. Uh, no, no, I mean, everyone needed to hear our thoughts and feelings. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About something. I don't know. <laughs> okay. What did you do this week, Matt? So I read a very interesting article on Kotaku about uh, a bunch of indie games that 
normally would have gotten a, a big re- reception this year because they were very good, but because of the pandemic and like console wars and uh, delays of games coming out and stuff like that, they kind of went under the radar. So it was called, I think it was called like 22 games that you should have played this year but didn't or something like that. And one game came up on it that I had been meaning to play for a while and I remembered it and so I got it and started playing it and the game is called Wintermore Tactics Club. Have you guys heard of this game? Uh, yeah, I just recently heard of this. It's like a, a like teen visual novel strategy game. Yes. So the basic premise is you play a young girl who goes to a private school and everyone in the private school needs to be a member of at least one club. Uh, and you are the president of the Dungeons and Dragons Club. It's called something else in the game, but, uh, so the game starts with you, um, sort of playing through D&D campaigns with your friends and like in between campaigns there are dialogue stuff like a normal visual novel but shortly thereafter uh for reasons that are obscured by the plot uh ev- all the clubs are forced to fight each other in a massive snowball war uh and <laughs> and you realize that the tactics you learned playing dungeons and dragons translates to winning these snowball fights uh so you kind of have the same powers you have in D&D but with snow in the real world uh and so you're kind of playing through two different campaigns at the same time and there's also a lot of normal visual novel stuff like helping people with their personal problems or getting to know each other. What's really charming about it though is quite a lot of the time the task the like side quest stuff you need to do is somebody being like, "Hey, uh, you know, Jaya is really nice, but she's very overbearing and she doesn't let me get a word in edgewise. Could you like talk to her about that?" And the way that you solve those problems is by writing custom D&D campaigns for those characters that sort of illustrate ways in which they could be better friends to each other uh and then they they play through it and it's like oh i never realized i was doing this i'm sorry and i think i mean obviously that's a very ham-fisted version of it but i do think it's cool that the game calls to attention the power of games to like lead people towards personal growth Mm. without necessarily just telling them like you need to grow (laughs) you know okay interesting yeah, I think it's really cool. I, I, I've played about, I think about like <clears throat> one fifth of the game or so. Um, and I'm really enjoying the tactics and the gameplay of it, obviously, but I was surprised at how interested I was in the characters and sort of their different approaches because on the surface, they're very, it feels very sort of like psycho Nazi where everyone is not Nazi. <laughs> psycho Nazi. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> No, it feels very much like the video game Psychonauts, where, like, all of the characters are sort of over-the-top representations of the clubs that they're from, um, but then as you, as you get to know some of them, they become much more interesting, and you learn a little bit about why they joined the club that they joined, and sort of who they are as a person, and who they want to be. It's, it's very cool. Hmm, that sounds interesting. The yeah. game is available on Switch and PC, so if you want to play it, I think it's only, like, $8 or something. And it's very, very much worth it. I uh, just purchased it on Switch. It's thirteen dollars and nineteen cents, or it is like nine eighty nine on Steam during the winter sale, right? Now. Yeah. Hmm. So what's, I had very. Uh, oh, go on. What's the main part of the gameplay? It's like a visual novel, you say? 
the main part of the gameplay, well, I guess it depends on how you define gameplay. Mm, you spend okay. most of your time walking around the school talking to people and, like, learning what they want so that you can help them to achieve those things. Okay. Um, for instance, like, the very first thing you do in the real world of the game is, like, help somebody find a job by finding, like, help-wanted flyers around campus for them. Mm, okay. Um... So that's probably most of the time of the game, but most of the gameplay takes place in the, like, gridded out, you have a little figurine and you move it around and you can cast your spells or whatever, like D&D <coughs> world. Okay, I gotcha. Sounds interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's very good. If you like SRPGs at all, uh, I think you will really enjoy it. And if you like visual novels at all, I think you'll like you'll enjoy it too, so. I, uh, I feel bad, I, I mean, I had to go purchase it, but I feel bad having purchased it because I still haven't finished Fire Emblem Three Houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. yes, it does have a sort of a similar feel to Fire Emblem, but I actually feel like the Fire Emblem games suffer under their own weight a little bit, where I kind of dropped off of it of Three Houses just because I was like, yeah, I know where this is going, and there's so much stuff to do, like... It takes so long to get to the next chapter of everything, and there's like a hundred chapters, and I just couldn't bring myself to keep playing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, this one, one feels nice and like normal human scale, not massive intergalactic stuff. It is about a tenth of the length of Fire yeah. Three Houses as well, so. Yeah. <sighs> So, cool. it's very good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. There's some other good stuff on there. If you can find that Kotaku article, I would recommend it. There's one that I'm interested in playing that I also got during the Steam Winter Sale called Space Court, uh, where you play <laughs> a judge in a court in outer space and you have to, like, uh, choose between, or, like, uh, what is the word? Mediate? Is that? No. Judge? What is it? Adjudicate? What is the thing? Like, uh, it's like a clause in a con an employment contract that you can't sue them, you have to go through. Is it mediation? Yeah, yeah mediation. that's mediation. Or, okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway. It begins with an A? Adjudication, arbitration. I said. Oh. Arbitration. Arbitration. There it okay. is. That's what I was we trying to We got there together. <laughs> yeah, you have to arbitrate, you, your character arbitrates these conflicts between alien civilizations, but you have to learn all about them to know what they will consider to be a satisfactory mm. choice. Okay. Uh, seems pretty cool. The art style is in this in the style of Space Quest One, so it's very sort of low pol low low pixel uh, original Windows kind of stuff, which I am interested in seeing how they do stuff with. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Louisa, what did you do this week? Uh, well, it was Christmas this week, and mm -hmm. one of my gifts was a air fryer lid for my instant pot, which is well, nice I also got one of those. <laughs> And I used it last night. And I guess I know more about the whole process now, but um, yeah, it's pretty good. Matt uh, got an air fryer recently, as you said, and he likes it. Yep. Uh, you've tried roasting stuff in it? Have you done the um, like heating up? Uh, frozen things? Uh, yes, I've done, uh, like, frozen chicken nuggets and french fries and stuff, which is very good. Okay. And I did, uh, some, like, meats and things, which come out good, but man, you have to watch it, because it is, like, a ten seconds difference between perfectly done and burnt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have only made tater dots so far. They came out great, so mm -hmm. hopefully I continue to have good luck. But now that I've seen it, um, because this is just a lid and not its own appliance, 
you kind of see the workings because it has to be open inside so the heat can get out. So you're able to see that it's got a heating coil and a fan. So I think this thing basically works like a little convection oven, right? Yep. Yeah, that's probably how it does it. Yeah. When when they first came out, they were called air frying convection ovens. And Mm. then people were like, oh, I already have a convection oven. I don't need this. So they changed it to be air fryers. But they Mm. are, in fact, just the toaster (laughs) oven equivalent of a convection oven. You know, if you do have a convection oven, you probably don't need an air fryer. Actually, that's true. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, but I don't. I don't have that. So I now have an air fryer, and it's really good. Uh, the lid is very heavy because it has all that stuff in it, all the electronics, and the programming panel, right. and everything. Yeah. Uh, does it? Does I don't know if your instant pot has this. Does it have the thing where it like goes bleeded a deep when you put the lid on? Yes. Okay, so the the body of the fryer sort of, like, recognizes and powers the top of it? No. The lid? <laughs> you plug in the lid. The lid has its own plug. Ha. So you have to plug in the lid and the pot? No, you cannot plug in the pot while the lid is plugged in. <laughs> There's so many warnings. So it just uses <laughs> it just uses the pot as a bucket. Yes, and I guess as an insulator, because you shouldn't use just the, uh, like, liner. You right. have to mm. you have to have the liner inside the instant pot, and then you put a little special fry basket inside that, and you put your food in that. It's like but, they thought of the yeah. idea of what if we made a lid that turned the instant pot into an air fryer before thinking about that being a reasonable idea or not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it does seem to be a good idea though, space wise and everything, because it just needs a really well insulated, sturdy pot. So mm. you've already got one of those. I do anyway. Um, yeah, th- I think if they're smart, I think the Instant Pot people will continue down this line of accessories where it's like, I mean, like my KitchenAid standing mixer, I use as a mixer and a meat grinder and like 11 mm-hmm. different things. And I think if they could do the same thing for a pot, that would be super useful. And everyone needs more kitchen space. Yeah. I thought you were yeah, going to say everyone true. needs more kitchen appliances and I was going to be so <laughs> mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do need, I do want more kitchen appliances, but I also don't want them to take up space. I want them to be two dimensional. I wish. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, like I was just saying, there's a million warnings. Do not plug in the pot while you have the lid plugged in. So, the lid has a regular plug that plugs into your wall, but around it, it has a huge collar to make sure you can't plug anything else into the same outlet. (laughs) <laughs> Which really sucks because, like, I was gonna obey your warnings. I want to keep my coffee maker plugged in. <laughs> You're yeah. making me unplug my coffee maker just to use this thing. Yep. On Chris, on Christmas morning when I was making breakfast, I had my air fryer and my microwave and my electric kettle all plugged in <laughs> on the same circuit uh-huh. and going at the same time. And I blew a fuse and had to reset the whole circuit breaker. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's probably for the best, but that was that was the only irritating thing. Um, the only other thing is the lid's quite heavy. I don't know how much it weighs. Maybe like five mm-hmm. pounds or something, but like it's got a good heft to it. And you do have to preheat the thing, then add the food, then uh, move the food around at the halfway mark. Like these are all standard air fryer things. But that means yeah. you're lifting up this lid every time, which is a little bit of a pain. But other than that, everything's great. You need to get one of those... You know those little things you put in the bottom of a like a coffee mug that spins to stir it? No. <clears throat> um, okay. There's like these little magnets you can get that are like a uh like a couple inches long, and if you put it at the bottom of your special coffee mug that has a magnet in the base of it, it'll <laughs> stir your coffee for you. Huh. 
Is this like those uh, the lab equipment, uh, little yes. magnet stirring things for your beakers? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly yeah. the same technology, just for <laughs> coffee. And um, and uh, yeah, they need to make one of those for air fryers that will just stir the food around for you. That would be pretty good. <laughs> I really, really love the phrase, it's exactly the same technology, but just for coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want I want more I want more of that in my life. We need to find more applications for coffee. <laughs> this sounds like NASA in like nineteen sixty one. I thought you were gonna go the other way and say, uh, we need something that deals more with the special lab juices that are bright green and turn you into a lizard if you're a, a Spider Man villain. <laughs> Yeah, those those lab juices that like bubble and turn into a gas, but like yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> all they do well, is give I've... you superpowers. They don't hurt you at all. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we already have a very efficient disposal method for those, which is giving them to Spider-Man. <laughs> Yeah, our disposal method is we fire our most unhinged-looking scientist, and he'll take care of it. <laughs> yep. No questions asked. <laughs> Uh, anyway, if anyone else is getting a uh, air fryer for uh, the holidays, yes, I hope you enjoy it. I think I will enjoy mine. How how nasty are you planning on getting with your air fryer? Like, I don't know. Are you, are you going to get wild with it? I've been thinking about trying to make, like, battered fish in there and see what happens, oh but I really don't want to <laughs> fuck it up. Yeah, I'm also wondering that, too. Um, every other appliance I've gotten has had a little recipe booklet. This one just says to go to their website. I'm not fucking going there for recipes. So <laughs> I've just been looking online, and of course there's a million uh, recipes people have come up with for things. So I don't know. But there's all those settings, like dehydrate is one of the settings. I'm like, can I be making beef jerky in this? Yeah, I also oh. have that, and I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> do I want to make a... Do I want to try to make beef jerky? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. So I'll have to research. I am... Um... I uh, I don't want anyone else to enjoy their air fryer. I want it to be just for us. Uh, no, I, oh, okay. I ordered for my... I'm getting groceries delivered on Tuesday, and I ordered uh, some freezer foods and a big bag yeah. of potatoes so I can make, like, french fries and pizza rolls in there. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, when I got the ship notification for my air fryer, I bought, like, $30 worth of frozen food <laughs> in anticipation. <laughs> Uh, I read a very funny article about uh, someone trying out stuff in their air fryer, and the number one thing was clam strips. They, they're like, we, I didn't believe this was going to be true, but this is my favorite thing in the air fryer, so I'm definitely yeah. going to get some clam strips. Yeah. I think you have to like clam strips for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Matt. Matt's not on board. <laughs> yeah, of course not. Clams are disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I'm also not on board. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> the rocks Clam- that you eat the, the brain of. <laughs> Yeah, are clams the grossest food we eat? Oysters. Mm. Oysters are like alive. clams were dirty and everyone thought they made you horny, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that is great, and I'm looking forward to using that. Uh, Jeff, what yeah. did you do this week? Uh, I have been playing a game on the Switch that I bought called Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is... It is um, oh, is this the one where Sam Rockwell and Sam Rockwell are having like a wacky adventure in, on a space uh, station? That yeah, is called Hitchhiker's so. Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> hey, that's true. <laughs> Weird how there's multiple movies with two Sam Rockwells in them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I... Uh, 
it's it, the full like title is Moon Remix RPG Adventure, and it was uh, initially released for the PlayStation only in Japan in 1997. Oh, and boy. then this year in August, they released it for the first time in English, um, mm. and it had never even gotten a full like fan translation before. So it's it's fully new, newly localized, um, okay. and it is one of the main inspirations behind Undertale, so I was interested to play okay. it. And I've been loving it. Um, it is, it has, I would say, describing what it has as gameplay would not be fair. Um, <laughs> it's, you, so you are in like a very, uh, sort of crude, but, uh, artfully made pre-rendered 3D world. Uh, that's some... true of me. That's, I, that's true of my life. <laughs> yeah, it's just like real life. Uh, yeah. there's also some like weird claymation stuff that's very interesting to look at as well. Cause it's like, again, part of my life. Yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, you play as a little boy who got sucked into his video game called Moon. Um, okay. And the first, like, ten minutes you play through sort of like a uh, abridged Dragon Quest-style RPG where you're, uh, like, killing dogs and leveling up and then you kill God. dragons. Uh, oh, man. Like I, the path to being a serial killer. <laughs> the first joke is really great because you leave the castle from the king. He's like, go kill the dragon lord. And you come across what looks like a normal dog sprite on the screen. And then when it goes into battle, it's like a deranged-looking rabid wolf. Uh, <laughs> very, like, Earthbound style. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's very funny. But then when you get sucked into this game, the hero is off doing other stuff and gaining experience. And what you have to do is go around to the corpses of the monsters and animals he has killed uh, and rescue their ghosts by oh. <laughs> completing little tasks. And when you catch the ghost, it goes back into the body and the animal comes back to life and gets rescued by a UFO. Oh, I thought <laughs> okay. you were going to say this is how, like, enemies respawn in this world, and the, the guy comes around and kills them again. <laughs> nope. Uh, you gain love instead of experience for completing mm. tasks for people and bringing animals back to life. Huh. Sounds pretty cool. This uh, sounds like your kind of game with like a meta game uh, story to it. it. What's weird about it is it's not really my kind of game because you just mm. kind of walk around and you have one type of interaction you can do, which is to press A at stuff. Uh, and there's a lot of reading, it sounds like, which I know you hate to do during Exactly. Uh, actually, there is a second type of interaction, which is uh, you can show someone an item and they will react to it uh, in, in ways. So there's like a little bit of puzzle solving. The music's really nice. I love the graphics. Um, I think I'm close to the end. I haven't looked up solutions to any of the puzzles. And some of it is is obtuse. Uh, like what the is game, the f oh, sorry, go on. Uh, I was gonna say, the game does not tell you that, um, you can only walk around the world for a limited time, uh, in, before, like, without going back to bed and saving, uh, or you fall over and die and have to restart from your last save. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> uh, which happened to me, and, like, I guess that was in the manual in the original game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. But it, it's- I, um, Oh, 
No, I figured it out eventually, but, like, as you gain more love, you can walk around the world more without dying. I, uh, this, the past couple days I've been sort of just playing around on my PlayStation 5 just to see what's on there, uh, what's available, and uh, one of the free games you can get is Bloodborne, which I played a little bit of when it first came out, but I was like, oh, the new, the load times will be so much better, and it won't be so frustrating when I die, so I'll try this again. And this, what you're saying makes me think of that just because, like, what a fucking bad game. I know everyone is so fucking horny for all the Dark Souls and Bloodborne and all those games, but, like, it is a bad video game if you can be playing it and ask yourself the question, hey, how do I level up in this game? Or, like, where do I go to get weapons? And, like, the game will never tell you. It just won't. There's just no information at all. Hmm. If like, I if I uh, enjoyed games that were punishingly difficult, I could it, like get into that. But I don't enjoy games that are punishingly difficult. I like I like games that are difficult, but I think that I think that FromSoft got a lot of credit for their games being quote unquote difficult when what they actually are are poorly designed because they never fucking tell you what anything is <laughs> or how it works. <laughs> uh, I yeah, mean, even, I don't like that. <laughs> Even knowing how to do the stuff in Dark Souls, I'm like, it was hard. I don't like this. See, once I looked up how to do it, I was like, oh, okay. And then it's not that bad. But, like, for instance, there's a parry in in the game to, like, r- like you know, block an attack and then immediately attack back, which is super important to beating the first boss. And it never tells you how to do it in-game. You have to look it up online. Mm. Is there a side quest, maybe, where a guy tells you how to do it, but you never found no. him? No. There's just not, there's no quests in the game at all. It never leads you to anything. There's no guys in this game. There's just, like, weird, uh, elongated zombies. (laughs) Yes. This sounds like the opposite of my Breath of the Wild experience, where you do meet people who are like, here, I want you to practice how to do this attack, and I'm like, fine, I'll practice to pass your stupid test, and then I will (laughs) never do it. And I never did. I yep. never learned any of those special attacks. But then you get to that one Ganon that you, like, have to do, um, block and, and back, what is it called? Revenge attacks or whatever against? And you're like, fuck, I wish I remembered how I did that 15 hours ago. I don't think I did that. I think I wore the correct armor to, like, reduce his damage and then just did the same bullshit that I always do, of <laughs> running around and trying to hit him. Guys, there that, was g- one that game's not that hard. You could have just learned how to play it. <laughs> no! I refuse! I, I mean, I did, but there's so much shit in there. Uh, but again, like, it's, yes, you're right. Breath of the Wild is the opposite in that it very, like, lovingly leads you as a player through what's happening and what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm not saying I need my hand to be held to play a video game, but you need to fucking tell me what the buttons do, <laughs> assholes! <laughs> Yeah. Like, when you start the game, you don't have any shit, so if you just press all the buttons, your little man just goes, I don't know, what, with every button press, he just, like, gives a little shrug. It's like, I don't know what any of this shit means! And th- yeah. when I picked up this firebomb, I had to figure out which button it was to use the firebomb, and then I used the firebomb up, and now I don't have it anymore, dick! <laughs> Fuck you, game! Yeah, games are bad. Uh, we agree. I, we all agree. I wish games still just had two buttons. One that made you jump, and one that made you fire lemons out of your hand. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> yep. Alright, are we- is it time? Did we all go? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I thought maybe you were still going, Jeff. Oh, no, I- uh, did Matt go? I don't think Matt went. Yes. I did go. I talked about Winterpor- Wintermore Tactics Club. Oh, right. Matt went, went first. first when you called on him. Yes. <laughs> 
Right, yeah. This <laughs> this podcast is just it's flying by. <laughs> uh, uh okay, so <laughs> uh uh-huh. hmm. Boy, all right. I will post the link to this first one, uh, and I will let you know that uh, this popped up for like a second when the when I first loaded the oh, no. wiki randomizer, and then it like populated with a much better one. Um, huh. So you can let me know if you would like to do Gicky the governance wiki. Oh God. <laughs> okay, what's the other one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Googology Wiki, um, which is the internet's most comprehensive database of large numbers and fast-growing functions. That oh, sounds man. pretty good. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think the governance one is more interesting. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I disagree. You think the what governance What are we going to talk more? about with large numbers? What are we going to talk about in the government? We're just going to have to talk our way around some kind of weird internet fascism, like we always do whenever there's any hint of government on any of these wikis. I would. I just want to say, I bet we'll find our way to internet fascism on the big numbers wiki as well. <laughs> I so <laughs> the, the <coughs> government Geeky has a, a prompt on the front page. What do you want to govern today? In all lowercase, I'm going to type in country and then click the button that says "click here" to get started. Article country was not found. <laughs> not a good start, government wiki. Not a good start. I would rather read about the Marioplex or whatever. I just... Listen, I don't want to get too meta here, but we're already, like, flying through this uh, record, mm-hmm. and I feel like we're going to run out of things to talk about with big numbers so fast. I mean, I guess to... we already did start with this government one. We already started looking at it. We can do an unprecedented third roll if you want. I mean, we do have only one more episode, so we can burn these things down if we want to. Yeah, let's try again. Why not? Let's see what happens. Yeah, let's live a little, for God's sake. (laughs) It's Christmas, goddammit. We're owed this. Ah, here we go. Hell yes. Thomas the Tank Engine Wiki. Nice! (laughs) Perfect. How horny is this going to (laughs) be? Oh no. Louisa, that should not have been your your question. Yeah, but she wants to know, so why wouldn't she ask? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Wow, this sure is a busy, uh, busy patterned wiki. Um, The whole background (laughs) is tiled uh, like a red and white Christmas wrapping paper, I think. Is it possible this is timely? Maybe. And then it's overlaid with many small round images that seem to just be screenshots from the TV show. They all seem to be from a Christmas episode of Thomas the Tank Engine. There's one where yeah. he's dressed as Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. There's one where some kind of square-faced gentleman has a lot of uh, Christmas lights around him. There's one of some reindeer running in front of a moon. Yeah, yeah, I think it is very timely. Uh, Thomas the Tank Engine wiki, it says, in a cloud over some train tracks. That's got to be an official logo. Uh, welcome to the Thomas the Tank Engine Wiki. Uh, the Thomas the Tank Engine Wiki is an online encyclopedia dedicated to anything Thomas, from the Railway series, to Thomas and Friends, to just about anything else. There are 11,418 pages and growing since the wiki was founded in March 2006. Why are little kids so interested in trains? Can we talk about this? I know no one wants to say it. I know it's a taboo in our modern society. I think little kids are fascinated by anything that's bigger than their parents. Do you know what I mean? I'm I dead do. serious. Yeah, bigger I and more that's powerful. A good this point. is why they like dinosaurs as well. But I guess 
what I'm trying to understand is like evolutionarily, that seems like a bad move for kids. Like, right? If you if you're a little kid, you should be so scared of big things. Is it that they want to be scared? Yes, it's testing those boundaries, right? Like, my parents are going to keep me safe, but what if there's something they can't keep me safe from? But they actually will be able to keep me safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing, though: dinosaurs and trains both have the intimidating factor. But also, you're not going to get hurt by either of those things. Like, all you have to do is not get in front of a train, which is very easy. And dinosaurs? I mean, just don't build a Jurassic Park and you're good. <laughs> oh, but who can resist, right? <laughs> We're always those- building those Jurassic Parks. What about all those people who had their head taken off by lumps of shrapnel at those uh, train-crashing expositions in the Victorian period? <laughs> Well, thank you. <laughs> we don't have those anymore. <laughs> oh, but if the, if we did, you'd go to it. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be so fucking cool. <laughs> but then possibly getting killed by the train is part of the appeal in this yeah, case. Yeah, it's like the ultimate Gallagher show. <laughs> Apparently in later periods they put up nets or something, which is very cowards, funny. Cowards, cowards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even know, I mean, I've not researched this very heavily, but I can't imagine a net would work very well if there was a big enough piece of shrapnel (laughs) scything red hot through the sky. (laughs) Uh, I'm a little Uh, disturbed by how this wiki crosses over into the thing that it's a fan wiki of, because there's quotes on this page, and it's two quotes um, that say the Thomas Wiki site is very useful and uh, important and great, and they're both from people who've written for the actual show. And I don't like that well, one bit. The quality of writing in the very little bit of Thomas the Tank Engine I've seen seems to be on par with the fan fictions that we've read in previous wikis, so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a revolving door of corruption here. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, I want to talk more about trains. Okay. Okay. So, go ahead. They're great. Dude. I remember the um, uh, snack carts on British railway trains in the eighties yes. and nineties, and those were incredible. And they don't do those anymore. Uh, it's so sad. Is there anything on earth that feels as fancy as I bet eating uh, in one of the like dining cars on a train going mm. through Europe would feel? Mm-hmm. Oh my it's god! Like a murder mystery on one. I think. Yeah, that's fancier. yes. Oh my god, that is a dream. Um, there's a in New Hope, Pennsylvania. There's like a little thing called the Wine Train. I think they did an episode of Bob's Burgers making fun of it. Anyway, uh, yeah, you you ride on this little train and they just bring you wine and tell you about the history of New Hope or whatever, and it's all fancy velvet uh, seats and everything. Mm-hmm. It's great. If I could <laughs> like, if I could have a whole little dinner there that was actually good and tasted good, I would do it in a second. Mm-hmm. The well- thing is, it's a little bit undercut by the fact that they bring you your wine in a plastic uh, (laughs) cup with a lid on it and a straw so that you don't spill wine everywhere when you get all shitty. (laughs) Well, that's no good. (laughs) No, it's not good. Mm. You can still have these these experiences with uh, the remade Orient Express. You can still take that in Europe. Incredibly expensive. Yeah, it's so fucking expensive. It's like $9,000 to go from, like, France to Italy or whatever. There's also a very fancy cross-Canada train, which you can do, but that's more like just, like, a cruise, like one of those 
PBS yeah. boomer cruises that are being advertised, like, come visit Sweden. It's one of those type of things. I would do that. I think that, I mean, I'd have to look into how much it costs. I it, yeah. I think that that could be fun. And it, it'd be nice to see all of Canada. It's very beautiful up there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Did, did no, you no, know no. that before the atomic bomb testing in the 50s, mm-hmm. the most violent explosion in the history of uh, the human race was when people first started testing how big train engines could be. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, steam engines that they tried to fill to capacity and then exploded would explode with like a four megaton blast. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. they ever try dropping steam engine bombs anywhere? I wonder. I don't know. I feel like it would be too dangerous to transport. Yeah, for sure. And you'd have you'd never have any idea when it's going to go off, <laughs> which does not <laughs> seem like a good idea. Yeah, a lot of old warfare seemed to be that kind of thing, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing of it is, it's hard to, like, it needs to be, the walls of it need to be thick enough to maintain the pressure, and then as soon as it gets punctured... <laughs> it immediately explodes. So, like, you'd have to basically build an entire train for it to be explosive enough to do it, I think. I'm a bit distracted because I'm just staring at all these pictures of the trains from the show because there's (laughs) a huge list of the many trains and other things. Uh, I wanted to see how boring this big numbers wiki was. I can't Mm -hmm. get to the biggest number. Oh, no! You can't? It's all online. There's such a long list of named numbers that I clicked through, like, 20 pages, and I did not get to the end of the list of named numbers. I'm just gonna Google the biggest number, hold on. There's one (laughs) called Little Bigeddon. Uh-oh. Little Bigeddon? I don't get it. I don't get it either. (laughs) Okay. It's considered the largest named number, but there are other numbers named Oblivion and Utter Oblivion that might be bigger. This is dumb. Why bother to name big numbers? (laughs) Who gives a shit? I, I, um... I was interested in it when, um, on, on the Game Theory channel, they've, um, made some big numbers by calculating, like, how many different Mario Maker levels are possible and how many different Minecraft levels are possible. Mm. Uh, and those are fun. Um, but, like, that's only interesting because it has to do with something I'm familiar with. Like, and those numbers represent things. So yeah. many of the big number things are just like, hey, what about two to the 80 millionth? And you're like, uh-huh. Yeah, what about two to the 90 millionth? <laughs> like, who gives a shit? What is this? None, none of this matters. Like, yeah. I, I enjoy knowing that the number of levels you can make in Super Mario Maker is 10 to the 12,431st. That's mm. fun to know, even though it's not practical or useful, but I don't know what Little Big Eden is, or what the <laughs> transcendental integer is. Ugh, I hate it. Yeah, let's talk about trains <laughs> some okay. more. Sorry, yeah, I'm uh, getting into big numbers. <laughs> I like that trains have a thing called a cow catcher on them. That's <laughs> yes, I like that too. Uh, on this uh, huge selection of characters, there's returning characters such as Bulgy the Double Decker Bus or Elizabeth II, who seems to be Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> so I guess she's a recurring character on. Uh, she's looking quite young in this CGI. Yeah, I was going to say she, yeah. she looks like she's maybe I don't know early forties. She yeah, has a whole page. It's strange. Oh, I guess that I makes like sense it. since Prince Charles next to her is, like, a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Um, yeah, I wonder what, what 
this is all about. One thing I um, always think about when I think about Thomas the Tank Engine is whenever I would go into Toys R Us and pass by the section that was dedicated to Thomas the Tank Engine merchandise, the mm-hmm. sign on the shelf would always say, Thomas the Train. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is that what it's called somewhere else? That might be what it's called here. Yeah, that's what I always I think thought, that, but I'm not I sure. I think the U.S. version is Thomas the Train because no one knows what a tank engine is in the United States because... Well, I've I, never no, heard no. it called anything but Thomas the Tank Engine. Matt, I feel like that's a uh, thing that we've come to accept. Like, oh, you can't call it uh, Harry Potter the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. We've come to accept it like, oh, Americans are too stupid, we have to dumb it down. I think that's entirely decisions made by publishers and TV executives, which are completely based on nothing. Yeah, you're right. They do keep us stupid on purpose. <laughs> I agree with you, Louisa. It is fascism. We got there. Yeah. Do yes. not get the COVID vaccine because it's got microchips in it <laughs> to control your brain. Whoa, cool. Uh, no more decisions I- and I won't get COVID? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I do love that idea that, like, sure, we can't make a microchip small enough to, like, have your PlayStation 5 not be the size of your fucking refrigerator, but we can make mind control microchips small enough that they can be in a liquid and no one would notice. <laughs> what are you doing? That's what very good. That, how could that possibly be true? It's very good. It's good stuff. I like that there's a character on Thomas the Tank Engine that's a Japanese bullet train. Me too, except his face is a little bit caricature-ish. Like, it's, yeah. it's edging into that, considering all the trains just have exactly the same uh, bland gray face, and you can't tell what any of them are supposed to be. Except yeah. that one looks a little bit Asian-y in a way I'm not comfortable with. I feel like Thomas the Tank Engine was originally made, and I don't know this, so, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but was originally made by, like, one person who had a good idea for a children's story, but wasn't super good at art, and they just did, like, a little bad drawing of things in their book, and they're like, ah, this is fine, it's just for kids. And then, later on, it became a huge smash success, and they were like, let's make a TV show of it, okay, great, do we want to make this art better? Nah. (laughs) Yeah, just like, know better. we could, but we won't. <laughs> it sucks so bad. Everything is so ugly and terrible. I'm trying yeah, to yes. find the, like, original, like, what what did Thomas look like in 1945 when he was created? And mm-hmm. as everything I'm seeing, he looks the same. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, if you, if you go back to the Thomas uh, wiki main page and scroll down, there's a section called The Eight Famous Engines, and it looks like they are the drawings from the original storybook. Uh, and they're exactly the same as the thing now, <laughs> except the thing now is, like, CGI versions of this. But it's all just terrible. Just awful, awful the, it, the like, page one of how to draw cartoon faces <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say, they all look like they are meant to be exactly the same face with slightly different expressions. Yes. And, like, I'm, I get it. If you're a, if you're a person who's like, I'm gonna single-handedly make a children's book, and I'm gonna draw all the pictures, and I'm like, a 7 out of 10 at art, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just gonna do it. And you do it, and you're successful, more power to you. Once you have this huge engine of children's entertainment behind you, just fucking do better. <laughs> just do it better. Make it better. <laughs> 
No, <laughs> they don't need to. They don't need to bother. Uh, but you could, and you don't, and that makes you the bad guy, Louisa. Oh, okay. Get her. Get her. <laughs> Why am I the bad guy on my birthday? <laughs> yeah, Matt, on her birthday. <laughs> Wait, who's getting who now? Let's get up against Jeff, who's turning us against each other. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Uh, you can't. I'm immune to criticism because I'm too stupid to understand it. <laughs> All attention is good attention, right? <laughs> Sir Topham Hat is such a bad name that it's good. Yeah, I was going to say it's actually a really good name. <laughs> I know, but it's good because of how stupid and terrible it is. <coughs> so I really got- love his quote on his page, which is, You have caused confusion and delay, Sir Topham Hat. <laughs> Who's he saying that to? <laughs> You. Oh no, I have to cause yeah. confusion and delight. It's true. true. I can't believe there's a double decker bus character named Bulgy. It's <laughs> pretty fun. That's, it's not that's, a good name. It's a very British sounding name, though. Yeah, isn't it? it sure is. Yeah. Sounds like he's voiced by Nick Frost or something. <laughs> yeah. um, it sounds like Cockney slang for something. Like, I don't know, do you want to go out and bulgy? Like, bulgur wheat? Like, eat? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you came up with that really upsettingly fast. <laughs> yeah, you. are you a secret copy? You have to tell us I, if you are. I mean, I'm not, but I do have the kind of obsessive brain where I'm always a little bit thinking about how stupid Cockney slang is, so maybe that's just giving me the power to do it. I admire that at the bottom of this page, the last section is merchandise, and it shows you a Thomas the Tank Engine in many different uh, toy sets, wood, motorized, push-along, etc., they all look pretty much the same, so there haven't been any major revamps of Thomas the Tank Engine ever, I guess. The problem is, if I go back up to this eight famous train engines, which <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck that means. The but... eight train engines you meet in heaven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, like, all of these Thomas the Tank Engine toys, if you told me that they were actually toys of Edward or Gordon, I wouldn't know. Yeah. The only reason I wouldn't know that they aren't Henry is because Henry's green, but the ones that are blue, they mm. all look exactly the same. Thomas has a one on his side, though, because he's the first engine, I guess. But There's can... a mean-looking one who has a pointy nose and slightly more... Um... Uh, haughty looking mm. eyes. I don't coded, know his name. Coded to be a racial stereotype, perhaps, against uh, no, that's Gordon. some ethnic group. Huh? I'm, lo- I'm looking at the pictures. That's Gordon. Yeah. Gordon, Gordon is just... Mean? Is he the bad guy train? I don't know. He's number four, I guess. I mean, he's smiling in the pictures I'm seeing of him. <laughs> Uh, so, so many of the Google autocompletes when I type in, like, Gordon Thomas the, it autocompletes the Thomas the Train. There is not a single official piece of artwork I've found that has the phrase Thomas the Train on it. It's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> mm, fascism. We got there again, you guys. You got there. Yeah. I, I was living it. I was born there. <laughs> Uh, so I got a random page, and I oh, put yeah. it in the chat. It is Vasily Zotov, uh, who is a oh voice God. actor, who oh, has okay. provided voices for the Russian dub of Soder's Legend of the Lost Treasure. Um, oh man, I love that game show with the Shrine of the Silver Monkey. <laughs> yep. Uh, in it, he voiced Edward James Donald, Oliver, Mike, Jack, and Skiff. Cool. Okay. This seems to be a Thomas the Tank Engine movie where he recovers a pirate treasure from the ocean. 
That seems strange for a train yeah, to be doing. Yeah, it seems like he shouldn't be doing that. There should yeah. be Thomas the submarine. <laughs> There's the cover. I hadn't looked at it until just now, but the cover has Thomas, Thomas's purple friend, and then a sailboat with a face on the front. And then the bot, like, on a trailer, <laughs> running alongside them somehow. Um, like, they're not dragging him. Uh, and then the like below that the bottom half is a pirate ship in the <laughs> roiling ocean with an open treasure chest nearby. How does why, Thomas get to that? Why would a train need treasure? <laughs> but spoilers for this, the quote at the top. But I wasn't quick enough to save the treasure, sir. Please don't worry about the treasure, Thomas. My engines are much more important to me than any treasure. <laughs> and you, Thomas, are my number one. This is from Thomas and Sir Topham Hat. Wait, 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 sure. wait, wait. That, wait. So if the first person speaking is Thomas... He couldn't say the, the treasure. Se- is the second person speaking Topham Hat? Yes. And if so, why is... He's a human. Why does he have engines? His <laughs> no, engines no. meaning his his train friends. Like like Thomas the Tank Engine, you see. Wait, he owns them? Yeah, Even of course. they're sentient creatures? Yes. He's the conductor. I know right? he's the conductor, but they are his? He, he owns them as property? Yeah. That's not good. I mean, maybe he means it, like, in the sense of, like, my friends. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. You don't my own students. Your friends. They're at Sir Topham Hat's school for gifted uh, trains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is just cars, huh? I'm just yeah. now realizing this is cars because of this dumb boat with the terrible face, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like very badly superimposed on it. I'm realizing that this is just a world where every vehicle has a personality, uh, and that's stupid. So, if there is a ship that crashes, wait, is there a sunken um, pirate ship, or did I make that up? There is a ship on this cover, and okay. I, I see where you're going with this, Louisa. Does that ship have a face? Yeah, are they looting a corpse that's at the bottom of the ocean? Yeah, what I'm I, it doesn't have a face on it that I can see. Hmm. But then that raises a lot of questions about, like, was there a moment in the 40s when suddenly all uh, means of transportation got sentient somehow? <laughs> It's like was the leftovers, a, but instead of people suddenly disappearing one day, uh, yeah, was there, train becoming was there a midnight children moment that we need to learn more about? <laughs> um, I've discovered something somewhat distressing. Oh God! <laughs> it appears that this franchise takes already. place in real time, mm-hmm. okay. and we're we're currently on Sir Topham Hat the Third. Yeah, wasn't one of them Radio Star or something? <laughs> One no, of those George Carlin. Right? Those were they. They were not Sir Topham Hat. Sir Topham Hat is uh, known in Britain as the Fat Controller. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a bad Marvel villain from the sixties. <laughs> yeah, you emphasize it differently. The Fat Controller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, he, that's where the <laughs> that's where that Superman comic from way back where he's fat on the cover. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is it that they can control fat, or is it that they can control when people get fat? Because both seem good. Yeah, both. They make people fat and then turn them into puppets. That's (laughs) Jeff, that's an Omega-level mutant right there. That person could kill everyone on Earth. (laughs) Yeah, if they chose to. Imagine being Wolverine and being like, hey, bub, you can't kill me, I'm immortal. And then that person would be like, yeah, but I can make you so fat you can't move. Checkmate, asshole. (laughs) Great, start writing it. Make a script. Yeah, this is such a good uh, idea. This is a much better death of Wolverine than whatever happened to him when he died recently. 
who cares? Has he not come back yet? I feel like that's inevitable. Ah, oh, thank God. Okay, in the Thomas and Friends cartoon, there's only one Sir Topham Hatch. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to say in the Thomas and Friends cartoon, Wolverine does come back to life as a tray. (laughs) That is such a relief. (laughs) Uh, So I got a random page. Uh, Wolverine would definitely be one of those, like, up and downy push carts on the the rails that they had in old movies, right? Yes. He's angry, he's calling calling the trains bub. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Has Thomas the Tank Engine done any crossovers like Scooby-Doo style or uh-huh. like uh, Surf's Up 2 where it just starred a bunch of wrestlers who were penguins? Uh, <laughs> Louisa, tell us about your random page and I'll look up Thomas the Tank Engine crossovers. <laughs> okay. Uh, my page is the grand opening from Series 7. It's an episode. Uh, let's see. It starts with a quote. <laughs> my hat is ruined. So is mine. Lady Hat and the Fat Controller dismayed at their hats. <laughs> so, that's the most memorable quote from this episode, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the grand opening is the 21st episode of the seventh series. Uh, there's a very long plot. Too long. Um, there's gonna be a new station with a grand opening. That's where the grand opening comes in. But stuff goes wrong. Hot air balloon. I'm not reading this. The fat controller was right on time. It is. So everything turned out fine. Uh, this, I, I went down to the trivia, and this um, is the only time in Series 7 where the fat controller is referred to as Sir Topham Hat. Damn. Just once. Just once in this episode. And it is the <laughs> only episode in the UK version where he is called that instead of the fat controller. It doesn't look like Thomas the Tank Engine has ever crossed over with anything, which is crazy. There's a lot of crossover fan fiction, obviously. <laughs> Well, I mean, they they don't need to cross over, do they? No, no but, but I would I, love I, it I, if he was, like, the only person that ever beat the Incredible Hulk or something. <laughs> yeah, I want, like, Thomas the Tank Engine to meet a train, but the train is also John Cena. <laughs> I mean, why? Why would John Cena be a train, though? I don't know, why was The Undertaker a penguin in Surf's Up too? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, would they wrestle? How would you know it's John Cena, I guess is my question. Could you not see the train? Maybe, maybe he's in every Thomas the Tank Engine, you just can't see him. I love the idea that John Cena is literally invisible, and yeah. we all just have to pretend because they don't have the effects budget. Yeah. No, he's literally invisible, and no one is saying that there's actually just no wrestler there. It's like the Emperor's New Clothes. <laughs> The Emperor's John Cena. Yes. Oh, that's almost a joke. Okay, I got a random page, and my random page was uh, My Little Thomas and Toby Adventures. I wow, think this, this is the My Little Pony crossover. Mm. Yeah. I think the My Little is, like, for the littlest of kids, as if there's any kid older than five that cares about Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, I think you're right. But... Um, it implies that Thomas started small and grew up, which is a wild thing for a train to be able to do. (laughs) According to this, it is just a uh, VHS packaging of a a couple themed episodes. Hmm. That's so weird. Yeah, Yeah. that's fine. Um, 
Yeah, it looks boring. It's like five episodes of the show, I guess. Yeah, is, narrated by Ringo Starr. Is anything yeah. more boring than Thomas the Tank Engine? That was the most boring thing when we were kids, right? Probably. I I genuinely don't think I ever saw even one nanosecond of it. Yeah, it's, it was definitely after my time that it got real popular. It's like a tie for me between Thomas the Tank Engine and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Those were the no. two most boring things. When no, I was Mr. What? Rogers was great. And <laughs> yeah, perfect. you're wrong. You are wrong, Jeff. Mr. Rogers Rogers was great, but there is nothing more boring to watch as a child than some old man putting his shoes on. Mm, disagree. I loved learning how crayons are made. Thank you very much, Jeff. Yeah, and doing the crafts with the toilet paper tubes and stuff. Yes, yes. of course. Oh, yep. God, I just I needed I I Jeff. needed some badly dubbed Power Rangers punching guys in rubber suits voice by Brian Cranston. Jeff needed to watch the Pokemon episode with the flashing lights that gives people seizures. That's what Jeff needed. Uh huh. The I fact that they never released that in the U.S. means my childhood is incomplete. I do think that in the last like one minute of this podcast, we accidentally secretly revealed all of our origin stories. <laughs> Mm, explain. <laughs> like, I was, like, watching Mr. Rogers to learn how to make crayons. Louisa was doing it so that she could do arts and crafts, and Jeff was l- watching it out of under duress, thinking about <laughs> fighting against the, the gobbies or whatever the bad guys on Power Rangers were called. Blobbies? <laughs> Putties, thank you. Um, that seems, like, extremely on-brand for all three of us. Yep. I wasn't, like, made to watch it. It would just, like, you know, be on... And there was nothing else on, and I'd be like, oh my god, this is so boring, I don't care about the land of make-believe! <laughs> listen, the land of make-believe was bullshit. We all know, See, because- thank you. Listen, Mr. Rogers could not do voices, and whoever made him do it is a criminal. <laughs> that person should feel bad for making the best TV host ever do something that was clearly not in their skill set. I think that was all his idea. Maybe, but- a friend would have been like, hey, Mr. Rogers, what's his first name? Will? Fred. 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 Hey, Will Rogers Fred. is lost in space. Yep. <laughs> hey, Fred, you don't, ha- don't do this. <laughs> don't do this on television. You think Fred was short for Frederick and some people called him Ricky? No. <laughs> Why would no, you think Ricky's- that? How dare you? <laughs> Rick- Ricky Rogers. <laughs> I hate no, this. No, <laughs> it wasn't short for Frederick, but his middle name was McFeely. Does yes. anyone call Fre- Frederick's Ricky? I thought Ricky was always for Richard. Yeah, I thought that too. But I'm sure it could be both. Yeah, it can be. Uh, uh, this video set, I really like the title card for the very first episode, which is the most British thing you could possibly imagine, because this episode is called Toby and the Stout Gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and this is the one where Toby is introduced. Uh, the fat controller brings him to the train yard. Who's Toby? Yeah. Is he one of the trains? Uh, I don't remember now. He's like he's a this brown car. train on the VHS cover here. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah, I think he's just a boxcar. I don't think he's an engine like the, the oh, okay. ones that we care about. See, yeah. there's an extremely strict hierarchical society in Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, where there is. The engines are in control and can fuck anyone they want. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Suddenly, the fact that uh, Starlight Express was supposed to be about Thomas the Tank Engine makes a lot more sense. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Toby is something called a tram engine. He doesn't look like an engine at all. Appears to just be a rectangular train. Oh, he's an electric engine, that's why. Oh, okay. Like a tram, like an electric tram. Yep, got it. But he still has a smokestack up top. Yeah. Is that a smokestack? I don't think so. 
Uh, I mean, it depends. I'm looking at a picture now where it has some smoke coming out of it. Oh, like. then I don't know. Maybe he all those sparks. <laughs> when was this? The fifties? No, they're all steam engines, Jeff. The other ones are. You need to have a boiler to be a steam engine. Did one of them explode, killing hundreds of people with a four megaton <laughs> blast at any point? Did that happen? Uh, that would be literally all anyone ever <laughs> talked about if it was true. So I have to imagine it's not true. <laughs> No, it's it's forbidden to talk about. It's like a, the, the the elephant in the room whenever anyone is talking about Thomas the Train. It's the, that explosion that killed all those children. Okay, so a tram engine... Hold on, I have to Google Thomas the Train engine explosion to make sure that didn't happen. I mean, I'm sure it happened in, like, people's reimaginings or whatever, like, college humor video of... Oh, yeah, there's the a lot of YouTube videos here of Thomas the Tank Engine crashing and exploding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I meant. Um, I guess a tram engine is just a train engine, but only for passengers for short trips, so it needs a smaller boiler. Oh, like a little personal train. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like a cable car kind of thing. Except, I love it. Yeah. They pretend it has an engine, but it's all to cover up the fact that there's just two guys in the back with the push-pull uh, thing mm-hmm. like we were talking about. On Wolverine. And that's what makes Going it go. Going up and down on Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Going woo-woo as the train goes by. <laughs> yep. <sighs> Trains. They are pretty good. <sighs> Trains are great. The fact that I like trains so much and I still hate Thomas the Tank Engine <laughs> means that I don't think it's doing what it intends to do. Well, Thomas the Tank like- Engine hit the scene in a big way when you were just old enough to be like, fuck this, this is for little kids and I won't stand for it, and then that never really leaves your mind. See, you say that, but it's been around since the 40s. And No, no, but when it hit big, like, no one fucking cared about it. I remember in my life, suddenly people were like, ooh, Thomas the Tank Engine, kids love him. I'm like, what the hell is this? I remember even when I was, like, the youngest I've ever been, people being like, especially when we went to go visit our grandparents in England, and they were like, we don't know what to do with a fucking kid. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, here's a Thomas the Tank Engine, do you want to play with this? And I'd be like, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Of course not. Yeah, because it was for babies, in your mind. I was a baby. This is when I was a baby. Now you know that you were a baby, but when you're, like, five, the fact that someone might think you have the same interest you had at four makes you very angry. Yes, I guess, but I I guess what I'm saying is I was handed toys that were already old when I was a baby. <laughs> yes. Like, here's a Thomas the Tank Engine from when your dad was a kid, I guess? Right, but uh, he wasn't popular until much later. Yeah, the uh, he he didn't hit in America until uh, Shining Time Station launched in uh, the ladies. Yeah, okay, but I mean, all everyone we knew when I was five was English, so <laughs> exactly. Know about yeah, it. that's that's why you guys are having this disagreement. <laughs> yes, because Louisa denies her heritage. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if I met a kid that was super duper into Thomas the Tank Engine, I would just never speak to that kid again. Yeah. Kids are always I... interested in one thing, though, and that's why you don't want to talk to kids. Yeah, kids yeah, want one so thing, much... and it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much rad shit made for kids that if you were like, mm, I could be very into, I don't know, RC cars or something, but the thing I'm into is fucking Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> I but, just can't get on board with you, kid. I'm sorry. No, the problem is, I, uh, even if kids like something you like, even if a kid was like, I'm so into Pokemon, what they want to do is list all the Pokemon for you that they can remember and have you be like, wow, I'm so impressed. I don't know as much about Pokemon as you do. And I don't want to have that conversation with anybody. Yeah. Fuck that. What I'm saying is I much <laughs> rather want to have that conversation with a little kid than I want to have a conversation with any person about anything that ever happened on Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> 
Alright, fine. <laughs> I think if a kid is into trains, they're <laughs> into trains, not <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> well, if they're young somebody, enough, they gotta get in somewhere. Somebody is watching these, somebody is buying these toys, unless it's all grandparents <laughs> buying toys for their grandchildren they don't understand. Is that I, possible? It's, it is maybe possible. Maybe it's a gateway drug for being into trains. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. I Sometimes I think about get, getting way into trains. <laughs> Yeah, we are in quarantine. Why not build an elaborate train set in your house? I mean, <laughs> it would be so cool. <laughs> yeah, it would be. I I bought for Christmas. I bought my niece and nephew uh like a goddamn ass load of Hot Wheels tracks, and I'm so jealous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got I got my niece a um like a RC car track with dinosaurs that like attack your car as you oh, drive around it. So cool. It's so cool. I'm like everyone keeps saying that I'm the best person at buying gifts for this this uh little girl because like they're they're like we don't know why, but she's been playing with this toy like ice cream truck you got her for two years. She won't put it down. How do you do this? And the secret is just I wanna play with all the things. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I just I, look at the toys till I find what I want, and then I buy it for her. I was so um, impressed, like, baffled. The only Hot Wheels cars you can buy now are uh, either packs of licensed cars, where they all look like the cars from Cars or whatever, mm-hmm. or individual Hot Wheels that have an NFC chip in them so you can track how far they go <laughs> with a phone app. Ugh, that's too much. Yeah, why? That's for parents who like cars too much. It's like a little die-cast metal truck for $6, and you you can keep track of how many scale miles it goes. That is the type of thing I would have loved as a kid. (laughs) I would love that now! Yeah, that's true. You can get one, Jeff, technically. It's way more for you now than it was for you when you were a little kid, I think. (sighs) Kids have- they also got Nerf guns. Kids have it so good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I always, I always worry about Nerf guns for kids because, like, I don't want to encourage playing with the idea of guns, but it's so fucking cool. Yeah, they are pretty good. Those little darts. Yeah, I think there's an age at which it's okay to be like, actually, playing with this kind of gun is awesome and and great, but I don't know what age that is. <laughs> I think that kids uh, know the difference between real and make-believe better than we give them credit for with stuff like that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, they know that a gun for hunting or whatever is not the same as their Nerf gun. I mean, that's true, but also... I worry that, just like everything else, the people who most need to know that difference are the people who least do. Maybe. <laughs> like, you see all the people who are like, I mean, uh, I read, every year I read the tweets of old letters to Santa from, like, the 1900s or whatever, and every other one is, like, a kid saying, hey, dear Santa, can I have a gun in my stocking? Yeah, yeah but uh, you know what didn't happen back then? They didn't shoot other people with them. Yeah, they were all like, I want a gun so that I can shoot squirrels and it's like that was everyone a, a murderer in the 1900s it was yeah. fine because we didn't have any world wars that broke entire generations of people and turned them into serial killers <laughs> mm, yeah is that what turned people into serial killers yeah not, not all the serial killers kill in squirrels. the 70s were boomer veterans no, That's not true. boomer veterans, the other ones. Vietnam no. War veterans? Yeah, boomers who went to Vietnam and came back and became serial killers. That's it. Yeah. Yes. But <laughs> Agreed. We, we have nothing else to say. The end. It's true. <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess, but now people now who are assholes have no excuse. They were raised by those serial killers. Yeah, I guess. Listen, it's serial killers all the way down. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I like the idea that, like, Earth was a utopia until World War II's happened. Or World War II's. (laughs) World Wars happened. Yeah, I got what you meant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Both of them. Yes. Um, and then suddenly that's when evil was introduced into mankind. Is that what you're saying, Jeff? Um, I think things got a lot worse because of those world wars, and most of the current problems, uh, geopolitically speaking, are directly traceable to the year 1914. <laughs> it's kind of a shame. I guess not a shame. It's kind of strange that uh, people got real horny for serial killing in an age when it was much, much harder to do that without being detected. Like, why weren't there more Jack the Rippers back when fucking nobody could catch you? Maybe there, there were, were, but no one caught them. Yeah, like, I know. No one but, noticed. <laughs> but serial killers usually, uh, like, leave their victims somewhere people will find. Like, they, p- people finding out about it is part of it for them. And we don't know about I understand. That I understand what you're saying, Louisa, but what I'm saying is, um, people are always like, ooh, Jack the Ripper was history's first serial killer. My guess is, every third person was a serial killer back in the, like, 1270s, uh-huh. but just, you would murder somebody, and then let somebody, let people find them, and then when people got too upset, you just go to the next town, and they would have never even heard of you. Yes. <laughs> and no one wrote it down, or remembered it, or cared. Listen, do we think Kane stopped with Abel? I think that serial killers go all the way back. I have a video game series I'd like you to play. <laughs> uh, which one? Uh, it's called, uh, uh, Time Stalkers. <laughs> you know, okay. Kane- I thought you had, like, an actual joke there. <laughs> I mean, I was actually referring to the Legacy of Kane video game series. Okay, then I cool. Like, Alright, well, I didn't know about that. Kane so. killed 25% of humanity. You think he went on to kill more than 25%? Hold on, are you implying that Seth and all the other ones were not born yet when Cain killed Abel? Is that true? At the time, there were supposed to just be four people, I believe. Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel, I think, was was it at the time. Lilith was no longer considered to be a person. She was like a demon by that point, and there were no other people. That's the dream, right? Lilith is definitely, like, squad goals 100% of just, like... (laughs) And then she's a super powerful woman who just does whatever she wants. Just, you can uh, just say anything on this podcast, it turns out. Yeah, just like, somebody is like, hey, you have to be in love with this person, and then you're like, actually, I don't want to, and I'm gonna become a demon instead. <laughs> Lilith is squad goals. Yep. Sure, why not? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Who cares? What's the what's the squad goals equivalent of a goal for just you? <laughs> Aspirational? No, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> glow up. <laughs> Lilith yeah, is your glow there up. There you go. <laughs> uh, stupid show. <laughs> stupid, terrible podcast. Yeah. Uh, Let's stop doing it. Well, Adam and Eve is YOLO. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, but they live for like 700 years or something, right? Jesus was the original swag, am I right? I mean, that might be a t shirt you could get right now. <laughs> Hashtag Moses. Jesus was the original (laughs) swag. The thing is, if we made that as a funny merchandise for our podcast, we would make so much money off of people buying it unironically. (laughs) Uh, Etsy, check out our Jesus swag section. Yep. (laughs) Oh my god, you guys. 
Uh-oh. I have to... Okay. On Etsy, Louisa, you may have already seen this, in which case don't answer. Mm-hmm. There is a thing that says Jesus swag, <laughs> but the S, W, A, and G are all capitalized and with periods between them because they stand for something. Would you like to guess what swag stands for in this t-shirt? Sun? Nope. With a god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not terrible, but no. <laughs> it stands for serve, worship, and glorify. Wow, that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> it's not bad. But here's the thing that's baffling. Underneath that, it says Ephesians 2 8. Is this in the Bible? <laughs> Is Jesus swag in the Bible? Jesus was the original swag. <laughs> yeah! I didn't know he invented the term swag! I have to look up what it is. (laughs) God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Oh, no, hold on. There's a bunch of Ephesians 2.8. No, no, these are all just different translations. Never mind. So, is there a translation that has swag in it? Because I'm very confused. (laughs) What is it? Serve, worship, and glorify? Yes. That (laughs) auto-completed. Oh, these. It's just leading to all these swag shirts. <laughs> I hate uh, it. Yeah. Guys, let's create a shirt that says Jesus is the original swag and then get rich and never have to work again. Uh, I feel I feel bad grifting rubes. Do you? They're, they're, the, they're so easy to grift. They're the easiest ones to grift. Jeff. What about our energy drink company that we're going to have? It's going to be mm. built on the foundation of uh, grifting rubes. Yep. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> 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 you thought we were actually making a uh, panacea health Yeah, that's just the secret twist is that Jeff was the rube all along. <laughs> Wait, our damn angel it. investor. <laughs> Seth was born after Abel's murder by Cain. Damn it, damn it. Yep, Louisa was right. You're right. Oh, there's also one that says saved with amazing grace. Swag says for saved with amazing that's grace. That's not nearly as good. No, it's definitely not. Let's stop doing uh, Okay, we have to stop doing this show. <laughs> found a New York Post article that says prepare for a surge of serial killers in 25 years. Okay. Cool. Mm, I feel like I'll be ready to go then. <laughs> oh. Oh no. <laughs> Jeff! Stop oh no, they got this. Jeff already! It's only in 10 years now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that was, that oh my god, is this a countdown? <laughs> <laughs> We've only got 10 years until we get a bunch of, uh, until Summer of Sam 2. We have sequel. to stop this podcast or it's gonna end up being this year. <laughs> You know what? This might be true, because the pandemic, once it's officially over, people are going to be so trusting. Someone will be like, hey, can I go come back to your apartment? I promise not to murder you, wink. And you'll be like, yeah, let's party. Everyone's all like, I'm going to hug every stranger once the pandemic is over. And I'm like, somebody out there is thinking I'm going to murder every stranger. (laughs) Yeah. There's one person who's like, if anyone tries to mouth kiss me, I'm going to eat their kidneys. Yeah, it was that nurse in that World War II photograph where the, the sailor kisses her, and then she cannibalizes him after the. She be, yeah, he deserves it. Jeffrey Dahmer. Yep. All right, and Enough. that's the rest of the story. Hey, hey, hey! If you liked this podcast, please rate and review it on iTunes, and uh, please. And if uh, you didn't, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, thanks for being with us this whole year. I know we have a small but uh, loyal community, and we really appreciate you guys. So yes, thank you. It's been a, it's been the worst year in a long time, but we did it all together. So thank you Perhaps guys. Perhaps ever. Mm, I, I mean, bet there not. Was, there were some crusades that happened. There were some plagues where seventy percent of the people you knew would die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like no one got rich off of those. I don't People know. definitely did. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of uh, the way it's of the It's called the Catholic Church, Jeff. Look it up. Burn! Got him! Got him! Got him! Mm-hmm. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening to the show. If you liked it, rate and review us on iTunes. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod, or you can join our Discord where we've been trying to figure out what my guilt plant is going to turn into <laughs> lately. We st- still know leads. <laughs> Um, I think Audrey too. Yeah, mm, he's nice. open. Oh man, I could sure use all of the good luck that he brings, and I can think of a few people I would murder for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you started feeding the plant blood? Uh, I mean, that's that's just on the instructions. That's how you start the whole thing. Oh, okay, that's what hydroponic that's... means, Jeff. Read a book. <laughs> That is, that's uh, what the very offensive uh, Chinese stereotype told you to do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, so yeah, if you do want to get into that Discord and try to figure out what this plant is, then you can do it by messaging us on Macedon. I'm on Macedon at Matt Heron at Macedon.online. I'm also on Mastodon. Mastodon.social slash at JeffJK. JeffJK on Snapchat and Instagram. You can go boost my toot. <laughs> that says it's just, it's, uh, it's Luigi's Mansion. We're all just living in it, which I posted today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can find me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. All right. Thanks, everyone. Uh, hope that the new year is better than the last year was for mm-hmm. all of you. And I also hope that Jeff puts this episode out before New Year's, because otherwise <laughs> it's going to make me sound crazy. I will do my best. Thanks, everyone. Uh, please come back next week. But in the meantime, please remember to keep your pockets on Shrek. Should old acquaintance be forgot? La-da-da-da-da. Mm, happy birthday to me! 